right to life? I mean, we could debate that this morning. Because there's a lot of people nowadays that really don't go by that. Some 30 million babies today uh, would testify the fact that the right to life might not be uh, our right. And we could also debate the, uh, you know, the liberty of life, liberty, and, and we could debate whether we have the liberty that the founding fathers uh, really wanted us to have. In fact, we are losing more and more of our liberties every day. Uh, it is quickly becoming not a free country. And if you think it's free, uh, just, just try to build something. They'll let you know what you can build, how you can build it, how big it's going to be. I mean, when you, I mean, what, and what you have to plant, uh, how much property you have to give to them. You just go try to build something, see how free you are. Uh, so we could debate the issue today whether you're free or whether you have rights. And then they notice they put, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, they gave you the right, the liberty for, uh, you know, right to life, and you have the right to be free, but they, then Thomas Jefferson wrote, and you have the liberty or the right to pursue happiness. Now, that's America's, I mean, everybody wants to be happy. Isn't it true? But, you know, they put that down that they could not guarantee you happiness. They guaranteed you the right that you had the right to pursue it. But how many have caught it today? How's it working for you? How's life working for you? Have you caught this thing and could you really say today that you are happy? See, you're living in the greatest land of all. You're living in a land where you have the right to life and the right to freedom. And then you have the right to pursue happiness. So how is it working for you? Are you happy? Hmm. Happiness is not something you can buy. If it was, there'd be a lot of people, most everybody in this building could go down and put it on their credit card. I mean, you can buy it on the installment plan. Happiness is not something you can give as a present because uh, all of us would send it, you know, somebody sent me a scratcher in my Christmas card. I won seven bucks. That made me happy. Then I lost the card. I didn't even get to find get the seven bucks. Happiness is not something that you can inherit from your rich relatives. You can pursue in the country and our Declaration of Independence gives you the right to pursue this thing called Happiness. But in America in general today, and I, from watching, all you got to do is watch the TV. America in general today is discontent with life abounds. It is everywhere. That's the reason somebody comes along and promises change and talks about change. And, uh, and, and you go to his rallies and there's all kinds of enthusiasm and stuff. And he's promising all this stuff. We're talking about change. And everybody is happy because they think change is going to give them some happiness or whatever. And the man says nothing. And they're happy about nothing. Huh. Despite the vast new frontiers of science and knowledge, despite everything that we have that has made life easier to do, despite the inventions uh, and the labor-saving uh, you know, devices that's always been that's here, despite the technology, we have more drug addicts, we have more alcoholics, we have more mental illness, we have more suicide. We have more self-pity, we have more despair than at any time in this nation's history. Why? Because happiness is out there somewhere in the distant future and America has not found it. Have you? We have kids shooting kids. 
We have college kids killing college kids. We have high school kids in Oxnard, California that kill. I mean, we do not, America in general, does not know what it means to experience happiness because happiness does not come in a bottle. Fulfillment in life does not come with how much money you have or you don't have. Fulfillment in life doesn't come from being married to Mr. or Mrs. Wright. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to clear my throat for this. <laughs> Marriage might not be your road to happiness at all. Because sometimes when God gives you Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, you find out that that's not really what I was looking for. If I could just get that job, I could get that job, boy, I'd be happier. If I could just do this or that, and your happiness is placed on something that's horizontal, and I'm telling you, as long as you look that way, you'll not find what God wants you to have because happiness cannot be found growing on the, on the ground of this earth. It's not going to be there. So I have a question this morning. How are you doing? Now, I'm not, I'm, seriously, I want you to take no. How are you doing? How are we doing? Are you happy? And then if you're not happy, how come? Have you caught up to happiness? You have the pursuit, the right to pursue happiness. Have you caught it? Is there something out there just outside your grasp? Somewhere out there you're going through impossible circumstances and, and that that you think is going to give you happiness is just simply out there in front of you? Have you laid hold of what the Declaration of Independence has said you have your right to have? The pursuit of happiness. Maybe we've been looking in the wrong places. I want you to listen today to an invitation from someone who knows who you are and from someone who wants the best for you. It's found in Isaiah chapter 55 in verse 1. Now, he's going he's gonna to give an invitation. But I want to tell you some things about Isaiah first of all. If you, if you read the book of Isaiah, you'll find out it has 66 chapters. It is known as the miniature Bible or the mini Bible. There's 66 books in your Bible. And in Isaiah, there are 66 chapters. The first 39 chapters relate to judgment and the law. The last 27 chapters of Isaiah relate to the New Testament and God's uh, invitation of love and mercy and grace. And so we pick it up, we pick up the story and we pick up the theme in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Now notice, I'm going to read from the Amplified and so it might... It might read a little bit different, but, but the Amplified just kind of amplifies it out so that you can have better understanding of what is, is being said. The Amplified says, wait and listen. Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. Now listen, if things aren't going well with you today, if you are experiencing something called unhappiness, then God is saying you have to accept the blessing that I want you to have today. Quit laughing at me like that. 
I'm preaching to the pastor today too, okay? God is offering a priceless thing, something that people pursue sometimes all of their life, and it is simply standing and trying to catch up with them. And he is saying, I'm going to offer you some priceless spiritual things, but you must understand that, listen, there's some things that we must do. Why do you spend, verse 2 says this, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Boy, and your earnings for what does not satisfy. I want to tell you the national debt. <laughs> they talk about the people are so in debt today with credit card debt and all kinds of debt, and they have spent, literally spent their money for things that they thought would bring them satisfaction in life. And God in this, in this portion of Scripture says, why do you do that? Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness, the profuseness of spiritual joy. Here's what he's offering you. Now, verse 3, incline your ear. Submit and consent to the divine will and come to me. Here and your soul will revive and I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you, even the sure mercy, kindness, goodwill, and compassion promised to David. God is constantly trying to get our attention to give us what we are so desperately searching for underneath the clouds. His appeal is addressed to our needs. What is our needs? Are you satisfied? Are you happy? All we have to do to accept this is to come. Three times in these scriptures you'll hear this word and he used the term come, which implies that there's a decision that we must make. He's offering all this stuff, but this little word, come, is injected in there. Now, I want you to understand something. Come is whosoever will, let him what? Whosoever will, let him what? Come. See, it's, uh, it implies that we've got to make a decision. And whosoever, who's that apply to? Can you lift your hands? Whosoever will, let him come. That word come is mentioned over 600 times in the, in the scriptures. It is an important word. It implies that we make a decision. God makes the offer, but we make the decision whether we're going to accept the offer or not. You receive offers every day. And you've accepted a lot of them along the way. How is it working out for you? Has it given you what you are searching for? Did it bring you the happiness that you thought it would? Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But the first thing you've got to do is come. The offer is there. And, and the reality of it, a lot of people have experienced, but the decision is that we must come. Now, notice, first of all, the grace of God. You that have no money. Now, that's important because, you see, what we would do with it, if we had the ability to dispense this out, we'd put a price on it. See, man would put a price on this, and they, he'd make you pay for it. But I want you to see the grace of God in this. And he said, you that have no money, it's not by ritual that you're going to get this. It is, it is not by labor. It is, it is regardless of what color your skin, regardless of what social status you are. He is speaking to those without money. Now, this lets me know some things about God. First of all, he will never be a successful TV evangelist. He won't be successful in TV because all the TV evangelists want your money. 
Isn't it true? And they, but see, God's offering you something without money, which really tips you off about whether who they're working for on TV. Come on, let me a big amen. Because it's true. See, what God offers you won't cost you one red, or what I'm going to say, a dime, but a dime's not red. One red sit. What I'm offering you, God says, I'm offering you without money. He'll never be a successful businessman. God will never be able to get your money out of you. What is the currency that God uses that we can take advantage of what he is offering? And he is offering us everything today. What is he going to use? Thirst. Desire. That's all he's wanting you to pay is a, a desire, thirst, a desire for what he has to offer. God is the source. Now listen to me very carefully. God is the source of everything that you need. God is the source. It is not your wife. It is not your husband. It is not your job. It is not your money. It's, it's nothing that you can get underneath the sun that is going to be your satisfying portion. What God is offering you, I'm telling you, you won't find on this earth so it's priceless. God is the source of what we need. Now notice, what is he offering me? For number one, he's offering you waters. Now, notice that term waters in the scripture. It wasn't water. It was waters, plural. It's not just a drink that he offers you today. He's offering you something you can swim in. He's offering you something that is spiritual. Spiritual water that can change your life. And get, can change your destiny. And can change your today's and change your tomorrows. He offered the woman at the well when she came outside the city of Samaria. And he was sitting by the well and, they, and the conversation got up about, about water. And he said, woman, he said, the water that I'm offering you well, well, is something that when you begin to drink of this water will be a satisfying portion. You won't understand who you're talking to. He said, I'm offering you something that you can't get out of this well. I'm offering you something that will come into your heart and make a change in your life. Jesus said, he that is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers and springs of living water. Spring up, oh well. So when the course of your day, when you go through problems and trials and tests, I'm telling you, when you drink of the waters that God gives you, there's going to be something bubbling up in your heart and in your spirit that will sustain you through the course of this life, regardless of what life throws at you. Lift up your head. Drink of the waters that God gives you. Your happiness is not dependent on who you have or what you have or where you are. Your happiness and your contentment and fulfillment in life is who you have in your heart. Yes. Waters. And then secondly, wine. Wine is symbolic of joy. How's life treating you? How's life treating you? Might not be treating you too good. Wine is a reviving influence. Do you need a revival? I'll tell you where you can get it. You can buy it without cost. You can buy it without labor. You can, you can buy it without, every, with, without you know, uh, having a certain status or a certain place in life. All you have to do is get thirsty and desire a drink from the heavenly springs of water and wine of, of joy will begin to flow through your spirit. If you need a revival, God has it for you. All you've got to do is come. Wine has healing qualities. Do you have some bruises? Pour in the oil and the wine. 
God came to bind up the brokenhearted, set the captives free. These men are drunk. Look at these men. They're drunk. Acts chapter 2. And Peter stands up and says, No, these people aren't drunk, as you suppose. Too early in the day for these people to be drunk. They've been drinking of, the, of a new wine. They've been drinking of the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, you, can do, you and I can do the same thing, but we have to take up his invitation to come and drink. And then he offers milk. Milk is essential for growth. Milk is essential for nourishment. Milk is essential for strength. All you have to do, and you can buy all of this without money. You can buy all of this without, you know, without giving up houses or land. All you have to do is desire and to thirst. Priceless spiritual waters, priceless spiritual wine, priceless spiritual milk, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. God just simply wants you to desire and accept the blessing that he's offering. That's it. Something that this world cannot provide for you. Something that you will not find on this earth. It's something that the government cannot guarantee you. They can say that you can pursue it, but God is saying if you'll come, I'll give it to you. That satisfying portion in your life. And then he asks a question. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Why? Why? And you spend your earnings for what does not satisfy. This world will never satisfy your spiritual itch. Won't happen. You can try to psych people out. You can try to fake your parents out. You can try to party out. You can try to drink your way out. I'm telling you, Jesus is the only way out. You can do everything else in this world to try to, try to, to, to get you know, where you're going to go and try to find that thing. I'm telling you, Jesus is where you must turn. Notice now, I'm not going to tell you all this without also telling you that there's some conditions. And you need to write these down. They're simple. Number one, hearken diligently to me. Hearken to me. Who you been listening to? CNN? ABC, NBC, CBS? Who you been listening to? You listen to Fox News? Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> he my man. Who you listening to? God said, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can listen to all that other stuff, but they don't have the truth. You need to hearken diligently to me. In other words, you can listen to all that other stuff, but you have to understand that that's not the accurate truth that they're telling you. This is the accurate truth. How's it all going to play out exactly like this book says it is? What about the election that's coming up? I really don't care because the plan in this book is going to play out regardless of who gets elected. Now, there's, there's someone I would like to, to see get elected, uh, but if they don't, I still have God. Right? And wh whether the president thinks he's in control or not, he's deceived. God's still in control. Amen? So hearken diligently to me. Listen up. You have to stop listening to popular opinion. You have to stop listening to advice from your buddies. You have to stop listening for those people on the job that around the water cooler. They don't have the truth. They don't know squat. They don't know nothing. Give up your own so-called wisdom. Everybody has, when they before they come to the Lord or even after. You, you, how many knows that 
My ways are higher than your ways, saith the Lord. And your thoughts are not my thoughts. You had to replace your thoughts with these thoughts. Are your thinking wrong? And so the first thing that you had to do is hearken diligently unto me. Okay? And listen to God for a change. <laughs> How's your wisdom working for you? So how's it working for you? You've been, you've been putting into practice some things that you think was true and things you've been putting into practice things that you think is going to bring you some success. So how's it working? How's it working? Then secondly, notice this, incline your ear, submitting consent to the divine will. Stop wasting time trying to figure out, you know, stuff. Just what you need to do is try to find out how to hear from God on a consistent basis. Some people are so busy and so involved that they don't know how to hear and listen to God. Incline your ear. Submit us against the consent of the divine will. Stop wasting time and figure out how to hear from God on a consistent basis. God has never stopped talking. We just have a problem hearing. Over and over in the book of Revelation, especially to the churches, you'll hear the Holy Spirit say, Hear what the Spirit would say unto the church. Why is he saying that? It's because sometimes even the church gets so busy, we don't listen to what God is saying. So hearken diligently to me, incline your ear, submit to me, and notice, here's the promise. Your soul shall live. Your soul shall live. God wants to make a covenant with you. Now, the soul is reference to the mind, the will, and the emotions. When you get to the place where God wants you to be, no matter what you go through in, the, in your life, I'm telling you, on the, inside, on the inner perimeter of your heart, you can be at peace. You can experience joy. But it has to be on the inside because there's chaos outside. And it's something that's on the inner recesses of your heart. Now, I'm going to give you three things in closing, believer. You need to, you, how are you going to sharpen your appetite about for things that are spiritual, okay? Nothing just happens. Now, you're here today and you're, you're struggling maybe in the area of your spiritual life, there's some of you here today that don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you need to listen up what God is saying to you today also. But for the believer, let me give you three things real quick in closing that you need to do to sharpen your appetite for spiritual things. Number one, create a need. Create a need. What am I talking about there? Get involved in things that take spirituality. Get involved in ministry. If you're not involved in ministry, then God has no, he has no reason to flow through you. And the disciples went everywhere. Everywhere the Lord told them. The disciples went everywhere, and the Lord went with them, working with them, confirming his word with what? Signs following. And if we're not involved in the program of God and the process of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God for our life, where we're not involved in spiritual ministry, there's no need for spiritual things to happen in your life. Are we, am I communicating? So what do we got to do to sharpen our spiritual appetite is we got to get involved in ministry uh, and have a need and create a need for spiritual nourishment. Out of your belly shall what? Flow. Now, if you're not involved in spiritual ministry of some kind, if you're not discipling somebody, if you're not involved and connected to some kind of ministry, the water stops what? Flowing. Now, have you ever noticed what happens to water that doesn't flow? Not good, is it? 
not good. There has to be a flow. For water to be fresh and to stay fresh and energized and, and living, there has to be a flow of water or ministry through you uh, so that you can sharpen your appetite for spiritual things. And then secondly, cultivate a desire. Now, number one is create a need, and then second is cultivate a desire. Have you, have you noticed, now, is this just me or is this, um, have you noticed when you're around, uh, you're, when you're around fruit, food, your natural hunger just kind of increases? Have you ever went someplace and told yourself, I'm not really going to eat? And when you got there, they had all that stuff. And all at once, you forgot what you told yourself. And you get a plate, and you just kind of go through. I mean, by the time you get through, you need sideboards. Why? Because the natural hunger is, is heightened when you're around food and people that are eating. It's just a natural thing. I mean, that's the way it happens. So what am I saying? So the second thing is create or cultivate a desire. Get around people, get around and spend some places in time where their spiritual nourishment can be found. The same, first the natural, then comes the spiritual. If you're never around uh, and surrounded by people and, and surrounded in areas where their, their spiritual nourishment can be found, then, then that spiritual desire, in fact, it's happening right here today. Some of you understanding, maybe for the first time, feeling that, that, that need for, for spiritual refreshment and nourishment. Why? It's because you're in an atmosphere where it's at. How you do that? So, number one, you create a need. Secondly, you cultivate a desire. And thirdly, establish a relationship. Don't just do it because other people are doing it and you want to try to fit in. Don't just do it because, you know, I just want to fit in and, and belong. No, you've got to get your own relationship. See, how many times in the world we just try to fit in? We try to wear the clothes, you know, go to the places. Am I, are we communicating? And you try to fit in with a certain type crowd. And, you, and sometimes people who who uh, get involved in religious circles, they just want to fit in. They start talking like them. They have religious terms. They, they wear religious clothes, but they fail to do one thing, and that's create a relationship themselves. You've got to come to God yourself. You've got to be able to hear God's voice yourself. You've got, you've got to nurture that relationship and work on that relationship yourself. So that when all the rest of the crowd maybe fizzles out, you won't. Why? Because you have a personal, up-close relationship with God. So when other people may leave and when other people may flake out, you won't because you have worked on your relationship with God. Oh, wait, stop. You that are thirsty. You that are pursuing happiness you that are looking for that satisfying portion God says this all you have to do is come all you have to do is respond to me and I'll fill your life with blessings that you cannot 
contained and is simply waiting for you and I. You can't buy it. You haven't got enough money to buy it. But he said you can come simply because you want to. Every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you. All across this building, some in this place don't know you. They've searched and they've tried. They've tried all kinds of stuff. Trying to find satisfaction and joy in this life. And sometimes it just simply is out there beyond their reach. Never quite making enough money. Never quite living in the right house. Missing out on maybe not having that right person in their life. Whatever the case may be. And today you are standing in the crossroads of life and you are trying to get everyone's attention. Unbeliever and believer alike. And you're offering priceless spiritual treasures. Treasure that can't be bought but will be given. And the price of receiving is simply coming. Spirit and the bride say, come. Whosoever will, let him come. And take of the waters of life freely. But the decision is to come. Believer, I'm telling you, if you've grown cold and distant, and there's not a fresh flow of God moving in your life and somehow in the course of life and experience nothing's just not happening God is saying to you today stop listen listen what I'm saying I want you to come I want you to start desiring the things that you have neglected the things that you have have not done. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior today, He is saying exactly the same thing to you. He's saying if you want a fresh start in life and if you want to get out of this world of life and experience the blessings of God in this life and then experience the, uh, an eternity with God forever. What do you got to do to have that? You got to come. You got to come to God have to come to God you say I've tried everything in life but just not happening for me pastor I can tell you what's wrong you're drinking from the wrong well drinking from the wrong sister you need to come to God you need to build a relationship with the living God and today he is trying to get your attention while everyone is praying, no one looking around, you're here and you don't know Christ is your Savior. Do you want to accept His invitation today? Can I see your hand right up and right down this morning? Catch my eyes as they come across the building. I'm going to...
to my left, your right, I'm coming across the building, raise your hand right up and right down saying, I'm here, I, I'm not saved, but I covet your prayers today. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I want to accept God's invitation today, and I want to experience the life that he is offering. Is there one in this building today? Right up and right down. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. Is there one? Believer, listen to me. How's it working for you? How's it working for you? Have you been pursuing happiness, but it seems like it's always been out there beyond your reach? And today you just simply need a real revival in your heart. If that describes you today, can I see your hand right up and right down across the building? My eyes are coming across. God bless you, Ed. My eyes are coming across the building. I just need a revival. I need to take God as his offer. God bless you in the back. I see your hand. I need to take God. How's it working for you? How's it working? Things aren't, God bless you, I see your hand. Things aren't working just exactly like I thought. God bless you, Joe. And I need God to come into my heart and just do a special work of reviving my spirit today. Is there others? Is there others? You're going to respond to God's invitation today to come. I ask you to stand. Those of you that raise your hand, I just want you to stand. It's an act of faith today. It's an act of faith today. Stand across the building. I, I want a drink of God's presence today. I want Him to just do a special work of renewal in my heart. There's been other hands across the building. Will you stand? Will you stand? Those of you that are around these folks that are standing, just kind of slip your hand around them, will you? Lay your hand on their shoulder. Just lay your hands on them, will you? Let's ask God to renew them. In the back, we have a young man in the back. You guys, help us out today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you'll confirm your word with signs following the lives of these people. Touch their lives and their hearts. Let us drink deeply today of the waters of life that you have given us. May the wine of your Holy Spirit flow through them and restore them and uplift them today. God, you told us when the enemy would come in like a flood that you would raise up a standard against him. And today we're believing you to do that. I mean, these folks across this building that are standing. God, I pray for a double portion of your presence and spirit to rest upon them. Teach them, Lord God, to hear your voice as they listen and as they pray and as they seek to hear you, God. I'm praying that you'll make your voice heard, that they'll be able to learn to discern your voice. They may experience the blessings that you have, you have promised in your word. They may experience the joy that you have promised them in your word. Do it, God, for your glory, I pray today. In the name of your son, Jesus. And everyone stand across the building this morning. We are glad that you are here. Take your neighbor by the hand. Will you do that? Take your neighbor by the hand. Will you go pray for each other before we leave? We're going to pray for each other before we leave, will you? All right. Well, you're, uh, just pray for that one you're joining hands with. Now pray for him right now, will you? 
that God's blessings would rest upon their life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the youngest and the oldest in this place. God, I pray that your, your blessings will rest upon them, that your mercy and your grace will be extended toward them, that your Holy Spirit would rest and overshadow them today. And God, may we also, may our ear be trained to your voice. May we be able to discern what the way that you want us to walk. And may we leave this place a different, a different person than we came, forever changed. In Jesus' name we ask it and everyone said, amen. God bless you guys.